<laughs> Sorry, don't make me cough. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, no funnies. Death. No, no, no yeah. fun, good stuff. Keep no, it all serious. All right, we could, we could yeah. do that. Channel giving a kick as matter. <laughs> 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 Welcome back. This is the Long Snapper podcast and we have had actual football. We previewed some football last time. We are back with some actual football to talk about this time. I am Adam. We have Rich, Pat and Mark alongside me. So how are we all? Very well. Better than expected. Better than Mark. Yeah, Mark's, and you, Mark's... by the sound of things. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm as bad as Mark. I'm less, I would say less croaky. Yeah, but, but after the weather. Yeah, but you guys at least turned up. It's true. Yeah, that's that's true. Craig, I don't know. I don't know where Craig is. Russ is working. Got best to be plans. fair, on things that sound fairly worthy, which is really annoying because I'd like to be able to take the piss out of him for being Just shit. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. <laughs> you shit, Craig. You're not here. <laughs> he won't get out. He probably won't get out to listening. Yeah, really. he's already checked out. <laughs> <laughs> What do we really think that? <laughs> right. Uh, just this is this is this is perfect. Yeah, so it's just the four of us, I'm afraid. Um so we're going to take you through some of our reaction of, of week one. And well no, we're not. We're just gonna do the usual. So we'll start with a quiz. And I have one. And I'm gonna call it twenty questions. And kind of out of laziness. There's, there's no scoring. What you've got to do is you've got to be <laughs> in control at the end of the 20 questions if you want to win the quiz. Ooh. Um, so they're, really, they're going to be relatively quick fire in terms of I'm going to make you, you know, answer within 10, 15 seconds. The person in control, when you've heard the question, you will have the option to answer. If you get the question wrong, it goes on the buzzer for everyone else. If you get it right, you keep in control. Or you can nominate one of the other two to have a go at the question. And if they get it wrong, you stay in control. And if they get it right, they get control. Mark looks like Craig. I'm pleased that Craig's not here because he <laughs> 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 wouldn't have got that. Basically, but what's going to happen? Basically, what's going to happen is Mark's going to answer 20 questions right, and we're going to sit here and be impressed, right? Yeah, but if he gets if he gets 19 right, and then you get the 20th. And then, then you win. We'll see how this goes. Um, I could have just asked 20 questions, but we're going to do this instead. The first one will be on the buzzer, as it were. Um, I've armed you all with buzzers that sound like you saying your own names, as usual. Mark's, Mark's is the recording of his buzzers a bit croaky. I don't know why. Some, some technical issues there. But let's, let's get cracking. Who kicked the opening kickoff of the opening game this season? Pat. Yes, Pat. Harrison Booker. Harrison Booker is correct. So you're going to start with the ball, as it were. Okay. So, yeah, just to quickly remind you, you can choose to answer or nominate someone you think might get it wrong if you prefer. Right. Who were the Jets' opposition for the infamous 2012 butt fumble play? Ooh, I'm not sure. So I'm going to insert Mark. Just so <laughs> I can say <laughs> insert Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the Patriots. 
it was the Patriots, so you now have control, Mark. Um, which QB started 15 games for the Patriots in 2008, taking them to an 11-5 and record, but no playoff spots? Matt Castle? That is correct. Who was the last team that Castle threw an NFL pass for? Uh, nominate Rich. Ah, <laughs> <Dick>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Titans? Incorrect. It was the Lions. So we're going to go. What do we do in that situation? No, Mark uh, carries on. Yeah, you, you, made, you made up the rules, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is going well. Mark, you stay in control. Um, where am what I? happens if you get it wrong, by the way? Oh, shut up. <laughs> if I, if I don't nominate and get it wrong. Oh, no, wait. It goes he, back he, on the buzzer in that um, situation. Right. Lions legend Barry Sanders wore which jersey number, Mark? Um, that was um, 20. 20 is correct. Super Bowl 20 saw the Patriots lose 46-10 to which team? Um, 46-20. 46-10. 46-10. No, it's Super Bowl Nominate Pat. Rams. Incorrect. Mark stays in control. It was the Chicago Bears in 1985. Who is the only quarterback to lead the Bears to a Super Bowl since? Um, oh, is that Rex Grossman? It is, or was. Running back Rex Burkhead was drafted by which team in 2013? Um, I don't know if we've been anywhere other than Patriots, so I'm going to say them. That would be incorrect. It's going to go Rich. back on the buzzer. Yeah, Rich. yeah, okay. Bengals. Bengals is correct. You have control. Oh, good knowledge. Bengals number one pick, Joe Burrow, has what in common with Ricky Williams, Tim Tebow, and Derek Henry? Uh, he's a Heisman winner. Correct. Who is the only defensive player to ever win the Heisman Trophy? <laughs> I feel a nomination coming on here. Nominate Mark. Charles Woodson. <laughs> that is correct. Well done, Mark. Oh, damn it. Wow. <laughs> Who rushed 634 yards for the Chiefs in 2015 when Jamal Charles tore his ACL? Um... to hurry you throw it throw it to someone else if you like i'm gonna go with back to you rich (laughs) (laughs) Uh, wait what year 2015 to hurry you no can't remember okay mark stays in control it was charkandrick west which is the most westerly team in the nfl Um, come on Seattle that is correct who is the Seahawks offensive coordinator Um, that is um, these are horrible Brian Schottenheimer Ah, well done well done 
Hall of Fame safety Brian Dawkins played the majority of his career for which team? Eagles. Correct. Which Eagles player threw a touchdown pass to Nick Foles in Super Bowl 52? Oh. <laughs> um, it was... Uh, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't was an Pat? answer. That was an elimination. <laughs> I mean, I've got a good arm, but I'm not sure I can pull that off with my legs these days. Uh, was it Zach Ertz? It was not Zach Ertz. It was Trey Burton. Mark, you stay in control. There's a lot of Mark in this quiz, which is all good. Trey Burton that. is now on which team's roster? The Bears. No, it's not the Bears. Um, ah. It goes on the buzzer to Rich or Pat. 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 Vikings. Incorrect. Rich. Cowboys. No, it is the Indianapolis Colts. So back on the buzzers. Back on the buzzers. Buzzer. Colts kicker Rodrigo Blankenship played for which college? Any idea? Looking like no. That would be Georgia. Tight end George Kittle was drafted out of which college? Rich. Yes, Rich. Uh, Iowa State. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, hang it's on. Guys, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> The Hawkeyes, Iowa Hawkeyes. Okay, you, yeah, I've, I was having doubts as to whether that was the same. Yeah, I get confused. With it. It, it was the Hawkeyes. I think I think Iowa only has Iowa. Is the let's, state. let's just assume you're right because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because we can't be asked to find out either way. <laughs> How many NFL teams? This is the penultimate question, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, How many NFL teams play in states which border Iowa? Uh, <laughs> your face is exactly what I hoped it would be when I wrote this question. I believe it's four. That is incredible. Four is correct. Um, the Chiefs, Vikings, Packers, and Bears, if anyone was wondering. Who was the final question, Rich? Who was the last QB to win a Super Bowl wearing a number four jersey? <sighs> Well, Mark will get it, so nominate Pat. Oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's clever. <laughs> Stephen Gostowski. But I'm, I'm going to let you have another go. Why? That, did you not say QB? I did say QB. Oh, I thought he's a player. No, no. Well, I mean, I'm guessing in the dark in any case. Can I, can I help you, Pat? Yes. No. Oh, you're a dick, Mark. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. All, I, all I know is that he, he wore four. It, it no, 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 you're not helping him. Damn it. I've already guessed Trent Dilfer. <laughs> it's it's not Trent Dilfer. Um, any, well, anybody know? Brett Favre. It was Brett Favre, but Rich, you win this slightly bizarre quiz. Congratulations. <laughs> Why didn't Brett Favre wear five? That's ridiculous behaviour. Don't ask me. Um, he, was, he was drunk in Atlanta when he picked his jersey number, I imagine. <laughs> right, on to, on to more important matters and the Steve Brain's anytime touchdown corner. So we, we all picked a tight end last week to score a touchdown. And some of them did, I think, but not all of them, quite crucially. I got my first so, ever one after a whole season of trying. Sorry, Rich. You... There's about half of them. 
Yeah, Jordan, uh, Reed, Jordan Reed have a catch, let alone a touchdown. He did have a catch quite early on, I think. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, he he on the same gender as last injured. year. It'd have to be. Cause, yeah. That was as good as it got for the 49ers. <laughs> we'll come to that. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> Jonu Smith definitely scored. And Jack Mark Andrews, of course. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews got about seven, seven didn't he? Yeah, at least. Um, yeah. I lost count. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we didn't win the bet. So this week we are going to, we're going to pick players that share our names. Um, Russ and Craig aren't here. So Russ has picked, well, basically his own name, just mispronounced Russell Will- Wilson. Um, Craig has, I don't think he's, well, he might not have decided himself, but he's going for Chase Edmonds. <laughs> um, Pat, who have you got? I have gone for a Patrick Mahomes passing touchdown. You, you can't have a passing touchdown because that's basically what? a certain. Yeah. <laughs> you, would you like a Patrick Mahomes rushing touchdown? That'll have to do. Okay, fair enough. Um, Mark? Uh, I'll go with Mark Andrews. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, Rich? <laughs> I am controversially going to throw it open to the group. So Jalen Jalen Richard, 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 Jalen Richard. <laughs> he, <laughs> what roster is he on? He's, at the, Va- on the he's at the Vegas Raiders. Raiders. He got seven, uh, he played seven snaps had one reception for 15 yards. So do the group think we should go with my actual name or with Rick Henry instead? <laughs> Vote now. Mark, who are we going for? Uh, well, we'll get far better odds if you go with Jalen Richard. Correct. Uh, <laughs> so we'll win more. That's yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, we'll win more when that definitely comes in. <laughs> um, so. I mean... It's ludicrous enough that we're doing a six-person accumulator without doing a six-person accumulator that has someone who's had one touch the previous week. So I would go with Henry. <laughs> okay, I, Adam, you're the deciding vote. I think I've got to go with 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 King Henry. Um, yeah, I thought you might. Derek Henry, because it's so <laughs> tenuous. I love it. And particularly given the calibre of their opposition next week, he's guaranteed to score a million points. All right. That's Derek, true. Derek. That's true. They're Richard right. Henry, it is. <laughs> They're Richard They're Henry. Richard All right, Henry. I'll uh, I'll finish off with. I can only think of one Adam, and that's Adam Humphreys. Um, and if Adam Humphreys and Derek Henry score touchdowns, then we're probably on the <laughs> way to a comfortable win again. Oh, what am I doing? Setting myself up for a fall. It's going okay. to be sweet when we shut you out now. Yeah. The, nothing, nothing would shock me in the NFL. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's look back at some of the things that happened in Week One. We always knew it was going to be a bit odd, lack of preparation, lack of preseason, not knowing what to expect from certain players and teams. Um, yeah, there were some some surprises, definitely. So what we've got to try and figure out. This is our task for tonight, really. Is we'll we'll work through some of the stuff that happened and decide whether it was just Week One lack of preparation, weirdness, or if there's actually some facts and traction behind them. Let's start for no good reason other than it's at the top of my list. Washington. Washington are atop of the NFC East, being the only side in their division to get a win. With a ridiculous win as well from, I think, 17 points down against Philly uh, to come back and get it done. Yeah, we I think 
a lot of people wrote Washington off, the Washington football team. Um, should they be rethinking that? I don't. I read, I read somewhere that I think Schefter retweeted, where it was. It felt like this was a team where all the players were ironically trying to make a name for themselves. <laughs> nice. I think yeah, what that guess... game showed. Sorry, I think what the game showed is the input that if if a D line dominates an O line, it doesn't matter too much what else is going on, and the Eagles' offense got shut down. Washington had enough to uh, get the job done. I don't think it tells us that Washington are going to make the playoffs by any means, but it tells us they're more competent and are good enough to beat someone not as uh, strong, particularly someone not as strong who's got a lot of injuries throughout the squad. Yeah, I think it's... This this doesn't really tell me anything. The NFC East looks like a a crapshoot anyway. (laughs) Yeah, with the emphasis being on crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Washington aren't aren't looking like they're going to go to the playoffs on the back of this or anything else. Mark, I think the Eagles were like a lot of people have predicted them to win the NFC East purely because they were the Eagles. I think you guys were up there in um, thinking that they might be a wild card team, but they um like they've got so many injuries on both sides of the ball. Wentz doesn't look like the player he once was. There was a couple of... Um, it, the play that got Washington back in the game was a pass with about two minutes to go in the second quarter um, that was intercepted. And he had two interceptions that led to touchdowns that got them back in. But when you're scrambling for your life because your offensive line is basically a revolving door, um, you don't stand that much of a chance. And with some of those players that Washington have got on that D-line... Um, it was only going to be a matter of time. They Washington really had no business winning this game, but they the Eagles look look an absolute mess, and they're in dire need of some players back healthy. Yeah, I think that's going to be the main thing. Is I won't judge the Eagles until if they, if they can't get players back healthy by week six or seven, then they're in a lot of trouble. But if they get those players back and still can't win games, then I'll worry for them. Well, I won't worry for them. <laughs> the Eagles, yeah, um, we'll celebrate but, it. But when you go in, like you say, with a revolving door O-line and not just that, but your number one wide receiver is a rookie, you know, you're going to be in trouble in that situation. You're going to be in trouble no matter who you are. You need good wide receivers Zach Ertz can only do so much. Uh, it, it just is a bit of a mess there right now. It could be much better later in the season. I kind of worry a bit for Carson Wentz. As yeah. Well. yeah. Someone who's not, not, you know, he's had one or two injuries in his career as well. And he looks yeah. primed for, uh, for getting lit up one week. Just because that offensive line is one of the worst I've seen in a long time. Mm. I think the biggest surprise in the, that division this week was how bad the Cowboys were getting rolled over by the Rams and the refs a little bit, if you believe their fans, but you know, I'm, I'm just... oh, <laughs> the Cowboys fans. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that the Cowboys are all they've been hyped up to be. I mean, uh, that's been true for like 30 years, but I was expecting <laughs> more this time. I, they, they looked like I had a really good receiving core. They've still got Zeke and a decent running game, but I was, maybe the Rams were better than I was expecting. Cause I was expecting them to be pish and they were competent, but I was expecting a Cowboys win there, and we didn't get it. Yeah, I thought they'd win. I didn't think they'd win necessarily by a lot. Um, the Rams do look much better than they have done on offense. 
Goff look less like rabbit in headlights, completely lost, you know, the version of him that we saw last year. So if he's if he's maybe got that a bit more sorted, um Robert Woods just had a ridiculous game where he just seemed to be on the receiving end of of everything, run or <laughs> or pass, um, which isn't gonna happen every week. But they they looked competent. They looked much better than I'd expected them to look this year. The, yeah, it kind of I think it showed that maybe that's one thing that I do believe is that it did show that the Cowboys perhaps weren't up to winning those difficult games against, you know, not an elite team, but a half decent team, maybe. Um that division just smacks of being won by a team finishing seven and nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we go any further into this, I have spectacularly failed to introduce our new regular feature of the show. Um <laughs> which our world famous one sentence previews. We're we're adding a little little bit more this year. We're gonna have one sentence reviews as well. It's a good job we um, didn't remember to do that before we started reviewing the game though. Yeah, well this is <laughs> when you when you review this for the edit, will you slide these in no, front? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no editing from Adam. I, I, cock up. <laughs> it's I fair to nothing. say it's fair to say us having a new feature is the most surprising thing to happen in week one. <laughs> <laughs> And introducing it was, was as successful as introducing a new Titans kicker. Uh, <laughs> and the, least, uh, the least surprising thing of week two will be when we forget to do it. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was coming to that. That maybe this is the thing we should discuss. Is this a, just week one weirdness us sticking this feature in, or is the feature here to stay? We'll have to analyse that. <laughs> we don't know. Is the honest answer. But we're going to do this at least this week. Right, one sentence reviews. Here we go. Houston at Kansas City. Dominance from the Chiefs, who didn't even need to get out of second gear to beat the Texans. Philadelphia at Washington. The Washington D-line dominated with eight sacks. Eagles blow a 17-0 lead to lose this one. Miami at New England. Pats win, but it feels different. Tougher test to follow for them next week. Green Bay at Minnesota. Devontae Adams is still brilliant and the Vikings still can't get out of their own way. Apparently some things never change. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. The Jags didn't get the tanking memo. Maybe the tactic of only having good eggs in the building isn't as crazy as it first seemed. Las Vegas at Carolina. Vegas wins! (laughs) Nice. Chicago at Detroit. In the last 13 years, 784 teams have gone into the fourth quarter with a 17-point or bigger lead. The Lions became only the fourth of those teams to go on and lose the game. How do you feel, DeAndre Swift? Mm-hmm. New York Jets at Buffalo. Like I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland at Baltimore. Oh, I've spectacularly failed again. Russ has done one, one, one of these, hasn't he? Um, I'll come back to that. Seattle at Atlanta. Great start for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Didn't grab the headlines, but one of the wins of week one, given the length of the trip. Arizona at San Francisco. The Super Bowl loser's hangover is real. Also, DeAndre Hopkins is, like, really good. You'd be mad to trade him. (laughs) Okay, Cleveland at Baltimore. As predicted last week, the Browns got absolutely shat on by the Ravens. (laughs) That was worth it, wasn't it? LA Chargers at Cincinnati. Joe Burrow loses a game of football that he was the quarterback in for the first time since 2018. And both teams are as naff as that we thought they were, on offence at least. 
uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Not quite the 85 points predicted, just 57 in a comfortable Saints win. Dallas at LA Rams. Apparently the Cowboys might be even more overrated than I suspected. Pittsburgh at New York Giants. Big Ben's lost nothing, it would seem. Uh, but the Channel 5 coverage just isn't the same without Nat and Mike. <laughs> Tennessee at Denver. Titans win the tight one, as predicted, despite their kicking woes. Yeah, and they were some woes, wow. Um, <laughs> little stat that I thought you were stumbling on, LA Chargers at Cincinnati. Um, before Tyrod Taylor, who was the last QB to start for the Chargers not named Philip Rivers? Anybody know? Drew Brees. Correct. Absolutely incredible stat. Um, if you could put that one in the quiz next time, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Um, yeah, let's get back to We kind of stole the thunder of one or two of those by chatting about the NFC East, um, but we'll, we'll move away from there. Um, the Bucks and the Saints. Um, Tom Brady, well, he's playing like his predecessor, isn't he? He's he is exactly the quarterback we thought he was. He is no longer able to throw the deep ball. He he just isn't. He's he's an old quarterback, and that's fine. But all of the hype around what he was going to do at the Bucks has been shown to be exactly what it is. In the off season, everyone thought that they were going to be great. They're okay. Bruce Arians will do Bruce Arians things and and win games that way, but. I mean, it, all all it shows is that Brady is a guy that he's now just a guy. I've got to stop you there because Tom Brady outrushed a first round running back in the last week, which was very impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah, with how many yards? <laughs> I mean, nine. But you know, he was more efficient as well. He had more yards per carry than Fournette. <laughs> I bet you must You're have been laughing smart. your ass off. There was a lot, a lot of things that made me laugh last week. There was a Jalen Ramsey play when he stood in the end zone and watched Zeke run in. That was hilarious. You could come out and tackle him, but I don't want to hurt my face. Um, there was a brilliant play where Ngokwe for the Vikings was held off Aaron, Aaron uh, that guy, Rogers for like eight and a half seconds while he just stood there thinking, well, when's Devontae Adams getting open for me to throw to? It was, it was a, a beautiful week. Ronnie Harrison basically didn't exist. So, you know, I, I had a lot of fun on Sunday night. Oh, I bet you did. Well, it was just, um, it was, it was like, I, I must admit, when I, when I started watching it and they that, that first possession, they like went down the field nice and easy, scored a touchdown straight away. I was There was a bit of me that was like, oh, he's not going to be good, is he? Yeah, here we go. Please don't. Yeah, please don't. And then after that, they were shit. And it was great. <laughs> it was great. Uh, apparently, Brady... Um, has only won three games over the last four years when they've been losing when he's been losing at halftime. Um, well, because he's crap now. Yeah, when like the scripted easy stuff, he still looks good. Obviously, like it's the fact that he can't throw properly anymore, which is kind of what we're saying. Um, and we all thought we were thinking that last year. Um, that's uh, that takes away a lot of the playbook, but. He still knows in his head how to win and how to you know, how to execute or how to read a defense. That stuff's still still there. So certain things he'll be be able to do. But as you say, like yeah, as first drive where the plays are pre-planned, fine. But when 
he goes behind in a game and you need to improvise a bit or make bigger plays, he's, he's looks like he's going to struggle. There are going to be a lot of people, if this continues, which I expect it to over the course of this season, there'll be a lot of people who will gleefully say that this proves that Brady's a system QB. It doesn't. It proves he's old. That's it. As it turns out, we've established that Stephen Goskowski was a system kicker. Um... That's my favourite <laughs> thing of the weekend. <laughs> I love the idea of a system kicker. It's so good, isn't it? <laughs> if we're on favourite uh... things of the weekend, my favourite stat of the weekend was Saquon Barkley's average yards before contact was minus 0.7. This tells you everything you need to know about the Giants. Wow. That's a specialty. I, I watched I watched a bit of their highlights and Daniel Jones looks all right. Like I'm not saying he's a world beater, but he looks all right. But behind that O line he's just gonna get killed, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. I mean, it's, we can it's... move on from the Giants then. <laughs> You know, it's a it's a small sample size, but obviously we saw we saw a bit of him last year. Um, I mean, I don't I don't feel I don't feel like the Giants are just going to go two and fourteen. They've got some life in them. They've got some talent there. Obviously, Barkley, you you'd think is going to have better better games than that. Um, but yeah, they're 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 not the best team in the NFL, should we say? Sorry, they Jack. will come up. They'll come up against teams that have a weak. D-line that can't really rush the passer and they'll beat those teams. I don't see them doing that much more than that, but they'll, they'll do enough to come third in the NFC East ahead of Washington football teams. Jesus, I've just realised we stumbled back into the NFC East. We need yeah, to... that was your fault. <laughs> quick, it away. quick. Oh, no, that was my fault. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it was your fault. I'll tell you how I'm going to punish you. Arizona. <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk about it. Well, would you like, would you prefer Pat, Mark and me to talk about it? No, <laughs> I don't want anyone to talk about it. <laughs> no, um, having, having calmed down, it was a rusty performance. We don't have our top two wide receivers and our O-line has injuries that will hopefully be resolved sooner rather than later. I'll worry about it if we go. And those refs, and eh? those refs five. and those bullshit calls. Yeah. I don't think it's as bad a result as it looks because you think about, oh, the Cardinals have been rubbish for ages. They have, but now they've got a, good a first overall pick quarter, quarterback. They've bought, got him in loads of good receiving weapons. They've always had a half-decent defense that just didn't have an offense that could hold it up. So, yeah. That's my, that's yeah. my reaction as well. I think it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah, there's week one rustiness for everybody, but the Cardinals at home wasn't the cakewalk that perhaps some people think. My biggest issue is that Robert Sala, our defensive coordinator, has failed miserably to be able to adjust in games and particularly is bad when we have a rushing, um, a mobile quarterback as an op- opposition. And we have four games out of six in our division that are mobile QBs. So surely we should have fixed that by now. That's my biggest worry. Yeah. Russell Wilson might yeah dangerous yeah and, and does some, every time we play him as somewhat of an athletics nerd someone has worked with murray over the summer on his running style because he looked much less like he'd pooped himself this week which was impressive. <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> I mean, yeah this um, might be this might be similar to what you just said rich um but apparently you are you're three and five in games if you face against a quarterback that's got more than 25 rush yards 
and yeah. in every other game you've won since then, in, since 2019. We do a really bad job of spying mobile QBs and, yeah. and just no, literally no adjustments in game to try and resolve that. It just pisses me off a lot. It's it's annoying where you something's very obvious to to look at and you don't. I'm sure they I'm sure they're aware of it and are trying to address it, but. Yeah, if you can't see visibly how they're doing that, it must it's frustrating, I suppose. If uh, something keeps not working, maybe you should change that something. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you'd like to think they're trying in some way, but <laughs> maybe it's not obvious. <laughs> the, my my massive issue with this game, and I'm sure I'm sorry, we've probably had this conversation last year and the year before and the year before that. <laughs> uniforms, what? uniforms, Arizona. This isn't on San Francisco at all. Arizona's road uniform is mostly red. How how is this allowed? Like, well, it's it's a little bit of red on the shoulders and a bit of red on the sides and mostly white until you put the numbers on and then it's mostly red. <laughs> yeah. So that but pesky that thing of having of to be able to identify players is the problem. <laughs> it's just like you've got like Man United playing Man United reserves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. It's a bizarre situation where I just don't understand what like it's it's well, like it's like NFL, any team the NFL won't let it insists on one team wearing white because of black and white television. Yet it doesn't <laughs> stop this happening. You know, it's like come on NFL, ah, just just, stop, just make them change it. it what and it looks terrible anyway. What you've forgotten, Adam, is on a black and white TV, you'd have mostly dark uniform with light numbers and mostly light uniform with dark numbers so black and white viewers are fine for this game it's only us like minority people watching on a color right. tv that will have tr- get, trouble with it can you get jimmy garoppolo some glasses that take the color away so he can only see the field in black and white <laughs> yeah, that that might solve maybe just the getting uh, jimmy garoppolo some glasses would have been enough He'd still be overthrowing dante pettis well that's i mean that's that's the intriguing thing about whether we see um um Jameis back is now he's had his vision vision fixed. Can he actually see his receivers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. Well, not really. All I right. really um, wish he was still at the Bucks, just on the basis that he would probably be starting by week five. It was nice to see him watching what was happening on the sidelines. Not um, squinting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I, I could have thrown that pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, the Vikings got kind of a bit stuffed at home by the Packers, and I, I had the Vikings winning this one and, and probably winning their division. I'm, I'm not. The, the Packers won pretty convincingly, and they were strong in the air, strong on the ground. Um, have we written Aaron Rodgers off too soon? I think the Vikings have like it's maybe gone under the radar a little bit again because they're the Vikings, but they've had some serious losses on defence this year through injury and free agency. So I don't think their D is anything like as strong as it was. Plus, they've obviously lost Stefan Diggs. They've lost um, because he wanted to go to a a, a Super Bowl contender this year. Um, But could only get to the Bills? We want to know, mate. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So are the Chiefs. Enjoy losing to them again. Did the Bills yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I can't remember. That was last year. Um, I yeah, and I I think it's gone kind of quiet. The losses that they've got, 
and the Bills lost they to the Texans in the playoffs. Get your facts right. Just just saying. Yeah, Rich. Fuck you, yeah. I'm talking about this year that they'll lose to them. <laughs> Pretty sure you said the word again. Anyway, yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Niners fan being wrong. Niners fan um, paying no attention to the hey, AFC. Craig's not on here. So, someone, someone's got to say things that they feel rather than actual facts. <laughs> I like it when pedantry completely derails the podcast. It's good. <laughs> That's something only you can say, Pat. <laughs> it's good because it happens every week. And yeah. and the fact that you're not being sarcastic either. No. <laughs> um, I think no. on, the, on the subject of Green Bay, Thank they you. looked good, but the concern for me is how often are Valdez Scantling and Lazard going to have consistent good days? Because they haven't shown that in their career up to this point. So if that trend continues, then fine. If it doesn't continue and it drops back to just being Adams and um, Jones and Rogers, that's probably not enough to go deep in the playoffs. The suggestion is that the Packers really like Lazard and that he will be like a proper second wide receiver this year. They expect him to step up. So the question is, is that true or not? I, I... I think, I mean, they they had a really, really strong showing against the team. I mean, I know, obviously, the Vikings have lost a lot of defensive talent, but Zimmer, you always expect his teams to be defensively strong at least, and then the offense is the upside. Um, So, yeah, I, I take your point there, but at the same time, maybe the Packers, maybe maybe Rodgers has got healthier again. Mm. I mean, the Jags had to right. You, you, you say we say that like, and I know they weren't convincing, but this was still a twelve and four team last year. Right? Yeah, it, it didn't feel like it, did it? No, maybe, not especially. Maybe this team does a bit more. Maybe, but you know, it's the record is still there. And last year, it felt weird last... to me going into this game that the Vikings were considered such heavy favourites. I couldn't understand it. Last year, I felt like the Packers were consistently not looking as good as the scores were showing this game, they looked better than the score showed. I think they could have convincingly won this by two or three scores, given how they were playing. Mm. And there was a safety, which made me happy. There were some <laughs> Kirk Cousins junk time points, which made it look closer than it was. I think I did. You mentioned that safety. There's something beautiful about a team being seven, five down, kicking a field goal to go eight, seven in front. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was Scorigami. Yes, that's always a, a palindromic Scorigami, the, yeah. the ultimate Scorigami. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> the most Only we as a podcast could go down this particular rabbit hole. Yeah, well, this is, this is <laughs> I love what it. we're here for. There must be something very galling as a defense. If you've stood up on fourth and one, and then the offense immediately concedes some points and give the ball back. That's like yeah. one play. You gave us one place rest. You, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Gilbride would be having a fight about that right now. That would probably go over all your heads anyway. Um, in that division, maybe the maybe the winner of the NFC North will come from the other game, Chicago <laughs> and Detroit. Obviously, I'm kidding. <laughs> There's Detroit was like the hipster pick for everybody, and yeah, any other any other team circumstances other than perhaps the Browns would have won that game. Um, oh, it, it reminded me of Nick Williams dropping that 
touchdown against the Bills a couple of years ago, Mark. Mm. Um, but I don't want to go there again. Bloody hell, DeAndre Swift. He's go- he's he's wow. going to take. He's going to. I don't know. How do you bounce he's back? He's probably from that getting death threats on game? Twitter right now. <laughs> Almost I mean, certainly. I've no idea. I, I watched the game in forty, and I, I I still don't know how the the Bears won this game. They on offensively. They were as bad as you can possibly imagine for three quarters, um, and then, like, the line stopped, and Mitchell Trubisky became prime Brett Favre in the fourth quarter, and they still shouldn't have won the game. It was they were they were t- like as a couple of teams proved this week, you can be awful, but it's, if you're really good for a quarter, that's all you need. Um, no idea how they won. They were rubbish. This is, that's just the lines through and through, isn't it? My main take out of this game is that Matt Patricia is going to make someone a really useful defensive coordinator next season. <laughs> yeah. Or an average one, maybe. <laughs> He's definitely not a head coach for a while. <laughs> yes. it was, there was a point in that game it was 6 all, and it just looked like these two teams are both too terrible to score. But then they were both too terrible to keep them out as well. It wasn't a game where, like, quality won. It was a game where mediocrity lost. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was one of those yeah. somebody's got to lose this game games. Matt Stafford's a funny funny one. I don't, I'm yeah. not sure if that's the word that I'm looking for. Been. But um, <laughs> he's... Like, I, think, I've, I think he's a pretty good player. I always have. And he's he's just he's a been top ten on, quarterback, no doubt. Should, yeah, but he's played for the Lions his yeah. whole career. Um, <laughs> yeah, and but that's... he's probably fine. He's earned however many hundreds of millions of dollars, so he's probably doesn't care. Yeah, but uh, another team, he, you know, he might have had playoff runs, multiple and Super Bowls. Who knows? But yeah, he's at the Lions, and they lost in that way to the Bears. Has he got enough career left to? finish out this contract and actually go to a contender i think i feel like he might get like no a little bit of twilight can i do some breaking news for craig who won't have listened this far um (laughs) levy bell has been placed on ir and jets signed kaylen borlidge formerly of the miami dolphins Kaylen balage I'm I'm calling him Ballage and you can't stop me. <laughs> it's like saying Nigel Farage. You know. <laughs> Everyone should do that. <laughs> we should talk about the Bills and the Jets because Mark's been sat there well, quietly smug waiting for this opportunity. If you let me, I was I was going to say if you let me stick to my running order, Rich, but um, <laughs> deviated from that already. Well, um, if you shared your running order, we'd help you stick to it, mate. <laughs> If you'd stick to your running board, Adam, we'd have done the one-sentence reviews before all of this nonsense. Shut up. up. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, I I was going to finish with the last sort of surprising thing, but maybe it wasn't a surprise. The Jacksonville Jaguars um, beating the mediocre Philip Rivers-led Indianapolis Colts. I, I... I mean, we've talked... We may have mentioned this on another podcast, Pat, already this evening, but... um, I don't want to be impressed or happy or any words like that. Take, take, say something that isn't me as a salty Titans fan talking about it. I mean, I was thoroughly expecting us to lose and expecting us to lose with the Colts scoring twice as many points as we scored. So any form of competitive result would have 
pleased me and to win it was was delightful and you could sort of you could feel it slip in that way so we started off looking like a shootout it was 14 all they got a field goal just before half time to make it 17 14 and i thought yeah we're in this this is okay but are we going to slide away in the second half is that really youthful defense going to hold up and actually it got better and we adapted to the way they were playing shut them down gardner was gardner finished it off calmly it's what you want so yeah rivers moving into the new system wasn't helped enough by the new system continued to throw long interceptions which were you know they weren't down to the receivers they were down to the throws um i i I was i was really impressed with the jags i thought genuinely um i it was it was really delightful seeing gardner Minshew play as well as he played in order to fuck up their chances of going to draft his replacement that was a joy yep. um, like yeah like 19 of, 19 of 20 and three touchdowns is you know you can't ask for much more than that I also thought 20 James out Robinson of 20 same yeah. that's why I said much more people have been desperately trying to put the drop put the drop on the receiver who was in quadruple coverage and being hit as the ball hit him in one of his hands it's like it was the wrong choice of target if he's got four men around him choose someone who doesn't but yeah. you know, it was it was I thought great James game. Robinson looked really decent considering he was fourth on the depth chart and as the commentators were desperate to keep telling us in the in the first <laughs> quarter. In, um, in podcast today, I have heard him described as Barry Sanders esque, Fred Taylor esque, and Morris Jones Drew esque. All of which is a massive over exaggeration for uh, a week one thing. I think he's he was decent. He was solid. He was serviceable. Yeah. He was better than I expected. And long may that continue. Yeah, absolutely. I also don't think that this like the the defeat was anything to do with um, uh, Phil Rivers, um, as is you know <laughs> the narrative amongst loads of people. I thought he had a perfectly good game. He had one interception where he did completely throw the ball um, to, that should never have been thrown. His the other key, key moments though. Key moments well, where, arguably, Minshew, Minshew yeah, kept but, his call well, in key moments. Yes, but Phil Rivers also threw the ball 26 more times than Gardner Minshew did. Um, so the, the probability of something like that happening. The second interception was was on yeah. the, the DB um, and was an excellent interception. Um, I think that if there's any issue here, it's that the, um, the Colts team couldn't stop what was meant to be a really moribund Jags offense. They just, you know, go get a stop, but they couldn't do it. Um, I think that offense of Phil Rivers did perfectly enough to win the game, just didn't manage to stop the Jags. And I was, I was quite happy about it. I like, I want Pat to be happy. And um, I thought the Jags looked far better than anyone thought they were going to and more power to them. 20 points is 20 points is enough to win the game. Yeah. Moribund is a top tier word for this sort of podcasting as well. That's good stuff. (laughs) The, the the thing about the second interception was how predictable it was given the flow of the game. You're like, oh, you're you're behind by three points in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go. This is prime. Phil Rivers throws a long central I, my, interception. My territory. Thought, yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, mate. <laughs> it's nice when you have that feeling. Sometimes you could just see it coming. Um, and whether yeah, whether I don't. It's, this isn't changing the Jags into a playoff team, but it's changing the Jags into a team that are going to play hard. Yeah. No, exactly. They're going to, they're going to, after all the years of Bortles, having confidence in your team in the fourth quarter and it's a close game is not something I'm used to. (laughs) Why do you think Minshew is as underrated as he is? Because he's clearly a better quarterback than he gets credit for. If, if his own team is getting rid of players with a view to drafting 
a replacement quarterback. Why don't they have when like to most people, to me, he seems like you know, a perfectly serviceable starter in the league. He's gone from not a particularly heralded college to not a particularly heralded NFL team. And he's gone on the sixth round of the draft when no one's paying attention anymore because they only paid attention to the first 10 picks. So, But when, that, he, when he came yeah. in when Foles got injured, he was good. And then he, they, they, he lost the starting job back to Foles for no particular reason, from what I could see, then got it back and looked good again. And yet all of a sudden, like going into this season, he's like still, you know, he was good enough to have the the Jags as the thirty second best team in the league on everyone's power rankings. Well, they ain't going to be there anymore. He no. lost the starting job to Foles because Foles was earning a lot of money and it was too expensive to keep him on the bench, as far as I can see. There was no strong evidence to put him back in based on performance, unless they were seen on the practice pitch, and it certainly didn't equate to what happened on the actual pitch where it matters. I think that the fact he stayed low just comes down to small market teams people don't put the research you know care about in the massive mainstream media yeah i hear that the other thing that's weird about last season for him is that not just that he was winning you games but he was winning you games with a set of receivers that really aren't anything to get excited about like i'm not i don't want to completely downplay the jags receivers because like chark's really good and the other guys are fine but You've not got superstar receiving. It's not like he's gone into a situation where you've got a bunch of superstar receivers and tight ends and they're making him look good. I feel like it's almost the other way around where he's making players look good by his ability to extend plays and find those players. Yeah, we we have a lot of wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes and not really an outstanding first receiver, maybe Chark, but... It comes down to, I think we had 10 different receivers in that game, and it, it, like people receiving an action. It, it just comes down to the improvement in the way Gruden schemes us. All three touchdowns were down to very cleverly designed route combinations, as far as I could see on the day, which is great to see. And what's been great about Minshew is, for the most part, his intelligence about what options he chooses, and he acknowledges weaknesses and learns from them. So, you know, we saw first half of last season, he fumbled a lot, fumbled a lot under contact fumbled a lot as he scrambled he's cut that out he hasn't fumbled in about eight games and you compare that to someone this is dangerously close to a segue but you compare that to someone like josh allen and his two ridiculous fumbles in the game it shows how far minchu's come and how quickly he's done that just is the great it, sign. it's the perfect segue actually but before we just before we move on i just what i see with Minshew, and that you don't you don't always know this when someone's coming out of college is I just see you just see someone who doesn't panic. He's mm-hmm. he's got the he's got that cool head. Um, that, that, I mean that that yeah that's that's all I wanted to say really. He just it just seems to regardless of talent levels or what's around him or anything else, um, he's someone that I think you can count on to make the right decision at that key third down in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's something I'm not used to either. Just he's really laid back. I love him. I would take that over arm strength any day of the week. Um, also, his hair's grown a bit longer, and he's starting to look a bit like Charlie Whitehurst. Did, so that's, did you that's, see that's another press, plus. Press conference today, he had a Macho Man Randy Savage headband, which was beautiful. Excellent. All right, um, Josh Josh Allen. Oh, seriously, I, before, Mark, I mean, we can't spend too long on this. This podcast is going to be ludicrously long. If the Bills had a quarterback, they'd be so, so good. Adam, your narrative is lazy and boring. I don't care. 
and, <laughs> and, throw. and that throw. completely inaccurate. There's he had the eighth best completion percentage out of all quarterbacks that started in the league Don't this start week. Throwing accurate stats at me, I'm not. <laughs> <those>. <laughs> he had he had one throw where he missed an open receiver. Yep, I'll give you that one. But as someone who clearly doesn't watch Bill's games, that was pretty much the only bad throw that he had the entire game. So the nation is perfectly welcome to pick up on one bad throw in a game where we've absolutely obliterated the opposition. That's fine. Pat Mahomes has overthrow, has bad overthrows, and he had one in, in week one as well. Mark, I'm, I'm Mark, you're, you're treating me as if I'm someone who's only watched the red zone bits of that Bills-Jets game, and That's I find that absolutely are. correct. Yes. <laughs> Um, Allen was excellent in this game, both um, both rushing and passing. He he looks he, he looks more accurate. He looks um, like he was going through his progressions far better. I think that and it, you know you've got to caveat this because we were playing the Jets and my God they are crap. <laughs> so bad it wasn't even it, I mean it, it didn't look as though you know you, you've got teams like the Dolphins last year that look like they're playing for their coach and they really really wanted to try and achieve something even when that roster has been sheared the Jets don't look like that Darnold looks like a rabbit in a headlight um, so oh, yeah. you've got to caveat it a little bit but um, Alan was really good and he had one bad pass and then it, you get the narrative is oh Alan's trash because he missed one open receiver I'll, I'll take that. If we if he goes 33 of 46 for 312 yards every week, he can miss open receivers all he likes. Um, if you do it once a game, not a problem. It's almost like quarterbacks are the most exposed players in any given team and any of their mistakes can be magnified as much as you want and any of their brilliant plays can also be magnified depending on your narrative. Um, one thing I did want to ask you was, do you worry about... So he had 14 carries, obviously fumbled based on getting a pretty hefty hit do you worry about that stuff yeah he's um he was a, a bit of a fumble machine last year as well and he needs to learn he he fumbles the ball when he's trying to get an extra two yards um because he like stretches out and dives where he should just go down um a to protect himself as much as anything for right. getting absolutely pasted and b because he does he fumbles the ball and the one on the first drive, it, it, it cost us two touchdowns effectively because they were both within the red zone um, or at least two scores. And that's something he needs to work on. Absolutely. But he's um, like, I don't hate the fact that he's becoming what, you know, is apparently the epitome of a modern quarterback, someone who is part attempting over 40 passes and carrying like 15 times in a game. Um, that's fine, but yeah, he absolutely needs to learn to protect the ball, no doubt. Yeah, because he is he's our, as much he's as our best rusher. I don't think there's any doubt in our team. He is our best running back. Yeah. Um. So, I was impressed with Zach Moss actually. He had a very good debut. He he was he didn't go for many yards, but he was looked decent receiving. Um. And he could he's he's a change of pace, and he he will become a good battering ram. Um, I think those two backs, Singletary and Moss, will become serviceable and might become more into it. But I, I think that Allen is just going to remain our, our best running threat. You've got to be pretty happy about the connection, the early connection with him and Diggs as well. Yeah, 86 yards. That looked all right. <laughs> yeah, 86 yards on debut is, is fine. And what was nice is the fact that um, he opened up options for other people. John Brown 
got far more room and space because everyone wasn't picking up on him. Um, being the number two guy, I think it really suits him. And 70 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets for John Brown. That was, you didn't see those kind of numbers that often last year, even when he was our number one guy. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't be, couldn't be happier. It was delightful. The defence was exactly what we thought sometimes, they were. Sometimes it helps yeah, I was say. receivers not being the number one guy. Yeah. You know, I was got... say it sounds like the opposite of AJ Brown. The the only thing yeah. that I would say is that you have to temper that with the fact that the Jets appear to have the Keystone Cops as their DBs. Oh yeah, there was that. <laughs> play, does make it easier. Play to Cole Beasley deep down the middle, where both defensive backs were just running parallel with him, and the only reason they stopped him was because the ball was underthrown and he had to kind of dive to keep it off the ground, and then they ran in and tapped him in the back. It's like one of you get close to him. What are you doing running parallel to him? But five yards either side it's ridiculous yeah, i'll wait are. to see the they bills against someone half decent team. yeah they're such a bad team yeah well you craig craig, craig will get his uh craig will get his turn to um, i was gonna say defend the jets um i'm not sure he's uh, about to do that but yeah we'll see i think i think the one thing this does show is that the afc should absolutely be the bills by a distance this year because the Pats have shown themselves to be not much better, not much better than the Dolphins, and the Jets are clearly a shit show. Oh yeah, I think anything other than a, than winning the AFC East is a is a failed season, no doubt. Um, the Pats, we'll have to see how they get on. Um, I think we'll know a lot more about them after week two when they go to Seattle. Okay, this is going to be a two-hour pod if we talk about. There's so much that interesting stuff that's happened that yeah you know, cam, cam at the patriots is cam looked like he had signs of life again yeah um, i was pleased to see that i mean i hate it happening at the pats but like coming off that injury i'm sort of happy to see him being able to play decent football um the chiefs for arguably the two best teams in the afc both won quite comfortably the chiefs and the ravens i don't think there's anything we learned from that that was sort of true to form. What was um, what was worrying about the Chiefs is the fact that they didn't even have to play that well, and they didn't even have to do what they did last year, in that you know they didn't really have any of the the big Pat Mahomes plays. He, he like had short passes and runs with um. Why why would you show your hand on any like clever plays if all you've got to do is they don't didn't need to win? Yeah, and I I don't think defensively the Texans actually played all that badly um but that that the offense just they couldn't throw the ball they had no one left and it's not surprising when you get rid of john Dre hopkins but the amount, of times, the amount cool. of times that um that deshaun watson's scrambling around trying to find someone that's open it just wasn't there um and you f- i fear for them i think they're gonna that's gonna be just the way that their season goes but i reminded about deandre hopkins um so that was a bit harsh right uh quick quick thing yeah the final game of the week Titans winning in Denver. The Goskowski narrative is, is going to do- dominate. I think um, it should is have been a cut? much more comfortable is he win. Cut? He's is not he getting, getting cut? cut. He's not getting cut. It would seem at the moment. If he wasn't, um, if he wasn't Stephen Goskowski, would he get cut? I think if he didn't have two point five million to be is that, earned, is that, that that much? If he gets cut, I think he gets two and a half million for if the he year. Mi- if he misses four kicks a week, though, you'd you'd happily pay him two and a half million pound to bugger <laughs> off, wouldn't you? you? You'd think, but I mean, it, yeah, we'll we'll see. It's a funny old, funny old world, kickers. I asked Russ; he's available apparently. So Tennessee, just wait, wait, um, wait for my one sentence uh, preview before you carry on down that thread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Also, did you, did bunch you of CFL all... kickers are available. NFL, take note. They don't. There isn't a CFL. There are some decent kickers north of the border. Have a look, Adam. Do Do you feel like you were lucky to win that, or you should have won it by a distance? Based on uh, it was kick. it was scrappy in parts. There were some good signs. I think I think the Titans look better than the Broncos, which I would hopefully You'd expect. Hope. <laughs> uh, you would hope, but the the, the Broncos look alright. Fast, distracted from what? Yeah, what probably should have been a comfortable win, and actually it was it was sort of squeaky bum time at the end. Clearly, um, I mean the, the Broncos were missing Von Miller and Cortland Sutton, and they lost um, Melvin Gordon early. Early, so Lindsay went down, not Gordon. Gordon Lindsay, sorry, yes, yeah, and he was running back. as well, uh, AJ. Yes, um, yeah, he. Uh, he went down. Yeah, I mean, it, Drew Locke, I thought, looked... There's a lot of hype about Drew Locke. I think he started the game quite well, but, yeah, I think I think we he, didn't really see that much to... I think he looks all right. I think he's still all right. He's in that he, all right he, category. He's serviceable. He's not He's not gigantic Sam Darnold had. His thing seems to be the fake pass after handing the ball off, which he must have done about 57 times in that game. It just got ridiculous. Also, final play of the entire game, throwing the ball away. Um, personal highlight. Um, uh, no t- no uh, timeouts from the head coach was the, per- the, the most hilarious thing. Yeah, they, they, they wanted the Titans to kick the field goal and miss it. I think that was that was their play. It's difficult in that situation because you, you're not really controlling the clock. Anyway, um, we are very much running out of time. I very I do want to quickly mention, um, because it's a, nothing really to do with the game, there was a play and probably one of the handful of plays that Derek Henry wasn't in, um, McNichols as the relief back, uh, caught a screen pass and had his helmet ripped off oh, yeah. uh, by one of the Broncos DBs. Um, personal foul, flags, flags thrown. The refs didn't blow the play dead, but what was more farcical was McNichols turned helmetless, dived headfirst to try and get the first down towards not only that, but Broncos players were trying to tackle him with with helmets on, it just it looked like something horrible was about to happen. I and thought the NFL I thought by look at that. I thought by rule the refs are supposed to blow any given play dead as soon as an offensive player has their helmet removed. Yeah, it didn't. If it if it happened, it wasn't obvious enough. Right. Um, and yeah, some they they miss. I don't know. You can't. I don't know how you'd miss that. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's it's unbelievable. Look that look that play up. It's it's quite frightening. I have one more thing to say on the other games, which is, Jamie, your Falcons suck. <laughs> Seahawks look good. That was another game full of junk time points. Yeah. Right. We, we are taking far too long. Let's get into some one-sentence previews for week two. And we will start with Cincinnati at Cleveland. Did someone say Joe Burrow's made an NFL win? I sure hope so. Minnesota at Indianapolis. Both teams look listless in week one. The Vikings should write their ship here, but will they? Jacksonville at Tennessee. News, Russ Mills decides Ted they prove a contract to be the place kicker for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I'm backing him. Carolina at Tampa Bay. The game where Tom Brady faces the old team of the guy on his old team. Okay, maybe it's not that significant. Denver at Pittsburgh. 
The Steelers got a win against the bad team, while the Broncos lost a tight game against a good one. So I have no idea what will happen here. LA Rams at Philadelphia. The Eagles need to fix their revolving door of an offensive line to have any chance of a win. Aaron Donald must be licking his lips at this one. San Francisco at New York Jets. Battle of two 0-1 teams, but if the road team here doesn't bounce back, well, I'll lose a life in Survivor. <laughs> Buffalo at Miami. Looks like another Buffalo win by default this week. I wonder when they'll get a challenge. Detroit at Green Bay. Somehow the Packers have wound back the clock five years while the Lions are still stuck in neutral. Atlanta at Dallas. An average-looking Cowboys will try and stop the Falcons' passing attack. I really don't fancy them to manage it. Your Giants at Chicago. Can Trubisky do it two weeks in a row? Probably not. Will it matter against a New York Giants team that still sucks? Probably not. Bears to go 2-0. Washington at Arizona. Battle of two 1-0 teams. Seriously, they are. Baltimore <laughs> at Houston. Bill O'Brien's an idiot. <laughs> Kansas City at LA Chargers. The Chargers were a Randy Bullock field goal miss away from an embarrassing defeat in week one. This week might not be so embarrassing for the Chargers, but another defeat it shall be. New England at Seattle. This is where the Pats' reality comes crashing down to meet them. They won't be considered challengers after this one. And New Orleans at Las Vegas. Finally a good game to review. It'll be interesting to see what way the Raiders find to screw this one up. <laughs> so, sorry, Pat, do you want... <laughs> have, I, have I not been making your, your games interesting enough? <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of Randy Bullock... If you're going to fake an injury to save yourself embarrassment, remember which leg it is, mate. Come on. Oh, that we need to talk about that. Oh, that's that was worse than use check faking an injury. It was literally. Oh, I've missed it. Oh, 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 oh ow, hobble off. So convincing. Look, mate, you've already missed the kick. You can't injure yourself. And even if you injure yourself afterwards, you've still missed the kick. <laughs> Shambles. Oh, I. Yeah. I I've strained something. Something somewhere is strained. That's what did it. Do you know, it's it's quite incredible that Stephen Gostkowski kicked a game winner and nailed it true between the uprights. And, th and that happened in, in Cincinnati. Um, kickers, eh? Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. Any other business? And we can get out of here. Rich? Uh, I have... Probably a very short one, but the uh, 20 year old in me is very excited because Doves are back. They've released a new album and it's made me very, very happy. And I'm just delighted with it. It's one of those things when a band that you loved when you were a lot younger break up, they went on hiatus, but really that's just they've broken up. And then they get back together and you worry that they're just getting back together and they're going to be shit and you will hate everything that they do like like the pixies uh and they have done a wonderful new album and i'm very happy about it go and listen to it if you don't know who they are go and listen to it it's great all right well if, if we're doing music and plugging rich's podcast which we should because it's good i might be wrong um alterbridge just announced a new ep in november and i'm very much looking forward to that it's going to be excellent 
this is going swimmingly quickly. <laughs> listen, do, do listen to Rich's podcast. We have, have we really plugged that on here? I don't think we have, and we should because it because it's it's had some good guests. Because you've all been on it. <laughs> <laughs> I might be wrong. Have a look. I've um, heard it's terrible, but I might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, when are you coming back on? You haven't been back on yet. Well, when you invite me, mate. When you're over COVID, you can come back on. All right. Well, Mark, should we do our joint AOB? Do you want to start? Well, one one quick thing I was going to talk about um, is that you know if we if we're talking about from when you were twenty, um, the new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game has just come out in the last oh, couple of days, and uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two has had a remake and it's been released and it's brilliant. The the nostalgia from playing it and remembering all the, the 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 tracks and um just the music that it's playing it was it's the game that got me into a lot of the bands that I was talking about when I was on Rich's podcast last time um and yeah just a brilliant game really good and my my 21 year old at uni self was delighted to be playing that game again it was brilliant it's not really polished all the things that needed polishing and not lost any of the original yeah. beauty of it. It's amazing. Yeah, still good. Still good. Love it. Completely and utterly love it. Um, but anyway, this is far too positive. So, yeah, coronavirus testing. What the fuck is going on with that? Well, nothing is what's going on with it. <laughs> Literally um, nothing. We're, yeah, Mark, Mark and I are in the same boat. Um, we've, you know, kids have gone back to school a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. kids haven't been, been exposed to germs six for six months. Yeah. So they're going to get colds. Mark, Mark, I think we've probably got the same cold. I think we uh, probably have. It's all that kissing that we do. Yeah. <laughs> Less tongue, please. Less tongue. <laughs> we'll do that next time. But, yeah, uh, so, yeah, my, my kids are ill. Um, they've both got a cold. It's nothing worse than the cold. And they've given me a cold. Now, letter of the law, they shouldn't be going to school. And I need to, and what our school have done is that if the school sends them home, then they are not allowed to go back into school until they have received a negative COVID-19 test. The problem with that, thanks to this wonderful government and the way that it's responded to this pandemic crisis, is that currently there are no COVID-19 tests available. So their push to get everyone back to school has meant that all the kids and their parents have ended up with loads of germs and illnesses, which means that the school have told them that they're not allowed to go back in. Um, because of that, everyone's had to go and get tests, which means that there are no tests available. So they've pushed everyone to go back to school, and now none of the kids are able to go to school because they they need to get a negative test. It's, like, it's fucking farcical. I'm going to be slightly less negative about some of this, not all of it by any means. The, the, the motivation... Of, Kids going back to school is what you know. It's it's what should be happening. The economy needs starting up again. Education needs to happen. Um, the logic of doing that with testing being available to anybody whenever they need one is sound. Yeah, I'm fully behind that. Yes, I and that's what more. that's what I think we thought would be the case a yeah. month ago. And but fine, the cases have crept up and. Yeah, there's, yeah, I don't, not to the, the levels of before or anything, but suddenly this testing system that we all thought had finally been sorted out, it, it, it can't cope. It's not even close to coping. We cannot, neither Mark nor I can get tests for ourselves and our families. Yeah. 
and so I'm not even given an option here for two weeks. Yeah, I'm, less, I'm not even given an else. option. It's literally just says, "We're sorry, it's busy. Try again later." Just part of the part of the problem is that the management of the testing centres was being done by volunteer academics who are now back working at universities. And if you rely on volunteer staff doing it in the spare time they have to run a vitally important thing for the entire country to keep running, that's what's going to happen. And you can blame it all you want on analysts and analytical methods and analytical through time. If you don't run the thing properly and staff the thing properly, it can't happen. Yeah, absolutely right. It's yeah. just a cunning it's a cunning trick to keep class sizes down. Well, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody wants... Yeah, people, yeah. Ask any teacher, and I've, well, I might be stepping on Mark's toes here, um, as you know a teacher quite well. Uh, but <laughs> vaguely, yeah. <laughs> um, every now and again. <laughs> they they want to be back teaching kids because that's what they do. That's that's their job. It's their passion, and yeah, no nobody wants this in in the way it's been no. been happening. Yeah, kids are going to catch colds because they're suddenly mingling again um it doesn't it doesn't mean yeah there might be a bit of covid about in some places we're we're sort of we're doing this aware of that risk but knowing that there should be there should be testing available to you know apart from anything else you know, it's it's stopping it's stopping nhs staff getting back to work it's stopping teachers getting back to work it's stopping kids going back to school yeah. but at the, its absence also surely means more COVID's going to go around undetected because not everybody will be doing what Mark and I are doing. Some people will look at this and go, well, I can't Sonic. get a test. I'm just going to carry on sending my kids to school and going around everywhere with yeah. a cough or a temperature and hope that that doesn't get detected. That's mm-hmm. not a good thing. The problem seems to be reading some of the some of the stuff that's going on is that schools have been told by government don't let kids come in if you suspect COVID. They've been given no guidelines on what suspect COVID really means. So like you say, your kids have got the sniffles. It's obviously the sniffles because you've got a massive heavy cold, which isn't COVID. Yes. You might have a little <laughs> bit of a co- co- coffee like, thing that goes along with it. A bit of what? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you might have a little cock that goes along with it <laughs> hey, you might have a little bit of a cough that goes along with it but if you don't I've have like a, a temperature <laughs> you don't have a temperature that like there's very clear obvious things that we know about covid that most colds don't tick the box on there should be a very clear tick list of do you have any of these things where you've got the sniffles and a bit of a cough and none of the other things you're fine yeah, I, I suspect. I get, I get the caution. I get the caution, and again, all of that logic is fine if you've got rapid testing. It shouldn't be on the schools to make that decision. That should be the government telling the schools this is what you need to be able to have on the tick list to send the kids home. That's the other thing. There's also no good guideline, and schools are allowed to basically interpret it as they see fit. So and there are be some the most cautious thing possible, right? Yeah, well, yes. some some schools are basically saying, you know, if you unless your child is coughing continuously, because that's the guideline that it's a new and continuous cough, then Defi- th- th- that's not in very clearly school- defined. Yeah, it's not. And th- but there are some schools that if a child coughs, then they are once. once. And yeah, literally- I've got a friend. I've got a friend whose kid hasn't has asthma and has an asthmatic cough, and always has an asthmatic cough. And so because they have 
this cough that happens every couple of hours they've been told the kid has to stay home it's like how are you going to continuously get negative covid tests for that kid so they can attend school it's madness but it's not like the thing that annoys me is the fact that it's not like this is brand new information the school should have known that this was coming and we've literally had months to prepare for this and yet what a shock we haven't Mm. and the root of the Um, problem is the government guidance is generally vague enough to give them plausible deniability if something goes wrong. It's like, well, you know, you can go and... Blah, blah, blah. Or they make a massively severe knee-jerk reaction and te- release it at 9 o'clock on a Friday night for to be implemented by schools at 9 o'clock on a Monday morning, which doesn't help anyone because you don't have the time to plan it. Same with the deadlines for getting home from places. By the way, while we're talking about the government and the response to uh, to, to COVID-19, and you know me, I do like a good uh, a good bash of the Tories, but this rule of six thing that they've released, A, I, I can't understand why a couple of families can't get together when you can go to the pub, my football team can still meet up on a Friday and train where there's 30 guys, you can still go to school, you can still go to work, and apparently, you know, if you're in a house and there are six people in there, then COVID will stop at the door and say no. But as soon as that seventh person enters, then no, then everyone's getting riddled with COVID. Yeah, but if you've so, got seven people, you can go grouse shooting. And yes, the hunt, the hunt is allowed. You know, that's, that's still fine. Go and hunt all you like, not a problem. So fox hunt is where there's 100 people gathered around each other all carry on and but it, the thing that came out that hacked me off the most about it is the fact that they're now advising you to go and report your neighbors if you see them flouting the rules this is your neighbors that will you know look after your kids if you need to pop to the shop that will take in a package for you if you're not going to be around yeah i'm going to go and report my neighbors instead of like for the government am i go fuck yourself boris I think one of the things they've forgotten is that because of COVID and lockdown, a lot of people actually got to know their neighbours a lot better, so they're yeah. much less likely to report them. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and you chose a terrible week to tell us all to be really strict about obeying the rules and at the same time announce that you're going to deliberately break international rules. Yes. I mean, like, honestly, oh. this, yeah, it's water shambles. Uh, so the uh, Long Politics podcast is going strong then this week. <laughs> a long back bench. Long back bench. <laughs> uh, it's it's. Uh, this isn't about. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to just to bash the Tories for the sake of it. Um, and well, I, I, and I honestly don't. Sake of it. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's. Uh, it's just general incompetence at the highest level, and with every party, pretty much. I think at the when I, I don't think I don't think this is something that. Yeah, Labour will probably argue that they'd have done a much better job, and they may have done. But you know, it's just it's there's incompetence with this stuff. There always has been. We, this is new to everybody anyway. And New Zealand's yeah, managed it, although right. that 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 mm. kind of yeah, it's it's a lot easier in New Zealand when you're an island. Yes, I can imagine that. Yeah. If only if only we were an island and able to like have the same kind of situation. Oh, hold well, on. we're kind of a lot closer to a big continent with a lot more people. And anyway, this is, but. I, I'm not. No, this is. I, I think these, this olive branch or whatever it was, that's that's long over. This is worn thin. You know, there's yeah. there's incompetence everywhere, and just and the trouble is that then breeds breeds lies to cover it up, um, and that's that's where you get into messy situations. And you end up with Adam Gase as prime minister. 
<laughs> I heard someone say the other day that there is more competence on one of the early episodes in the series of The Apprentice than there is that this government has demonstrated in its handling of COVID-19. I think if you put them in charge, you might... Ch- <laughs> well, I don't... No, you know, no, I don't you think... know those... You know the uh, the guys that we had in charge during Yes Minister during that documentary? <laughs> I think we should put those guys back in charge. <laughs> yeah, let's get them back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've, it's definitely long overdue that we, we got out of here. Um, hopefully... No one's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> If you're still listening, send send Adam a tweet just to say, yeah, I'm still listening. Send me a prize. (laughs) I'm not sending anyone a prize. (laughs) Um, But I will if they can get me a COVID test. There we go. Right. We We will be, yeah, hopefully back next week unless, you know, we're seriously ill with with COVID that Mark and I don't have. Right. Later, everybody. this whole um, episode Adam's sitting in a bath with a shower above his head looks a bit like it yeah yeah